Welcome to the Chai's Podcast, episode 15. What up, what up, Austin? Not much, man. Wow, are we treated to a great week of football this past week, huh? Yeah, seriously, this was a great week of football. Yeah, some amazing comebacks, some high-scoring games. Got this, every- yeah, this Seattle-Arizona game wasn't even supposed to be this Sunday night. It ended up being like one of the best games of the year. Yeah, good job, whoever <laughs> makes that decision. <laughs> whoever, whoever flexed it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was awesome. Love that game. We got extra football, as uh, Al Michaels would say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, should we just go right into it? We'll do a we'll do a recap of all these games. We didn't really get to talk about the the Thursday night game, so I'll we'll start it off here with the Eagles Giants. The Eagles snuck it out here, twenty two twenty one. Yeah. To become uh, to get their second one of the season, and you know, fantasy wise, there wasn't a ton that stood out in this one. A couple, a couple little things here, and not too much on the Giants side. I would say, you know, Daniel Jones had 92 yards rushing, 80 came on that huge run. So that was a big play. Daniel Jones flexing kind of how fast he can be and how athletic he is. He was one of the fastest times this season, I think, right? Yeah. I think that gets kind of overshadowed in, like, how hysterical that run was with him <laughs> tripping on air, getting sniped from the, the, <laughs> the upper deck. But, I mean, damn, he's fast. I love yeah, people so, calling him Daniel Jackson out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he broke off that one. That was kind of the big, the big offensive play on the Giants' side. Evan Ingram, nine, uh, six catches, 46 yards. Sterling Shepard comes back in his first game back, scores a touchdown, six catches. And Darius Slayton, not too much, not too much from the running backs. Wayne Gallman gets involved in this one, but not too much to take away from the Giants' side. On the Eagles' side, Carson Wentz now, the going into week eight, is the QB7, believe it or not. So wow. he, put, he put together another good uh, fantasy performance. And Boston Scott, people, a lot of people had to put him into their lineups with Miles Sanders sidelined, and he salvaged his day with a late receiving touchdown. And on the Eagles' side, a little bit more. You know, Greg Ward scores a touchdown. Richard Rodgers, who we were talking about a little bit, uh, before the before we started recording, Richard Rodgers, eight targets, six catches, 85 yards. And, you know, the tight end position is always valuable for the Eagles and Carson Wentz. So looks like Richard Rodgers stepping right in. And kind of the other takeaway that I had, Travis Fulgham, third game in a row with double-digit targets, five catches, 73 yards. There was actually some more points that were left on the table in that one uh, if him and Carson could have connected. So Fulgham, again, third straight game with 10-plus targets. And you know, we were, we were kind of talking about it amongst ourselves. People keep saying Eagles are going to, you know, once they get their receivers back, once they get these guys back, and there's there's not a ton that's coming back. You know, Deshaun Jackson yeah. got hurt in this game, so Deshaun Jackson's going to be sidelined for a while. We'll see what happens with Alshon Jeffrey. And, you know, they they will hopefully get the tight ends back after the bye, or at least at least one of them in Dallas Goddard. But uh, good, good takeaway from Travis Fulgham. He was uh, first game, actually, since he's – really been taking on this role without a touchdown still got you some fantasy points so so Mm -hmm. that's what I had from this one I'll I'll pass it to you yeah I mean just a couple points on that Richard Rodgers I mean he's going to be their starter for at least a couple more weeks so really valuable in that offense like you said could be a really nice pickup Uh, let's move on to maybe the game of the week and that Cardinals and Seahawks game wow I mean was it 71 combined points it was just defense optional it seemed like and yeah, we were treated to some overtime action too, which was really fun. I mean, to me, watching Kyler, he's just like a speedy Russ out there. <laughs> I mean, I, I love watching him play. It's just, even if you play perfect defense against him, he can still just just make it happen. And he's almost untouchable out there running around. Um, at most of the game, they were putting Shaquem Griffin, like literally just watching Kyler, trying to, 
trying to make sure he couldn't get anything going. And I mean, really the player of the game in this one was Tyler Lockett. Kudos to you, Jay, on this one. <laughs> Jay was his, Tyler Lockett was the start of the week. And wow, 15 catches, 200 yards, whew, three touchdowns. I mean, Jesus, hope you started him in your, your daily fantasy this week because he, he made you some money. Um, it's tough news for the Card or for the Seahawks. So I mean, Chris Carson went down early with the midfoot sprain, and he's kind of looking like he might not play even for the next couple games. So I mean, we were just talking like, is there a guy you can pick up? Because I mean, even Carlos Hyde, their backup, got injured with the, I think it was a hamstring injury. So I wouldn't go ahead and spend too much money on him in, in the Fab if you if you have money to blow. Maybe drop a little bit because he is the next guy up if available. And then another injury, too, for the Cardinals is his injury bug game. Kenyon Drake went down, and, I mean, wow, Chase Edmonds didn't really skip a beat. He's a great pass catching back and getting seven catches, 87 yards, still picking up over 10 yards per carry. I mean, I wrote down he's, he's a must-start with Kenyon Drake in that offense and how da- dynamic they are. He, he looks great. and He could almost even be an upgrade for them going forward. Uh, some more guys we could talk about. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins. He's an animal. 10 catches, 100 yards, a touchdown. You love that. After that kind of weird Twilight Zone-ish game last week where Kyler just couldn't hit him. So it was nice to see them hook up again and get things back on track. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun in this game. A lot of points, a lot of fantasy points. Uh, really fun game. Yeah, this was this was probably the game of the weekend, maybe, maybe the game of the year. This was this is sweet, and we still get another matchup between the two, right? They've only played once this mm-hmm. season. I think this was the yeah. first one. So we still get the second one against them. It's going to be fun. The Cardinals are – I was – you know, I'm an Eagles fan, but I was telling Austin if there's another team that's just fun to watch, <laughs> the Cardinals are really fun to watch. You know, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and their defense is fun. Buda Baker, it seems like every chance he gets is, is making huge plays. So <laughs> He could be like defensive MVP this year. Straight up, yeah, especially, especially considering he's been doing it all in primetime, too. Everybody's mm-hmm. seeing it, and he looks great. Yeah, the Tyler Lockett call, man, I, you know, I, I can only take credit for saying to start him. I did not <laughs> expect 20 targets, 15 catches, 200 yards. I actually said last week, you know, Tyler Lockett can do a lot with a little, so if he gets a couple targets, yeah. <laughs> he got 20 targets. So, uh, oh, yeah. Amazing game for him. I'm sure that we'll see it kind of swing back with the balance between him and DK. And I, I heard them kind of talking about this in the broadcast too. And people were talking about this prior to the week. Is you know Patrick Peterson hasn't been you know as great as he once was, but he's still he has a harder time with some of these like little guys. And so he actually he wasn't on Lockett too much, but he did a good job on Metcalf. And so mm-hmm. he, he probably is still an, one of those elite guys when he's playing some of these bigger, bigger wide receivers, but maybe he just doesn't have the kind of twitch that he used to, to, to chase around these, these small guys. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of the big point that when I said to start Lockett is Terry McLaurin kind of had his way with, with the Cardinals when he played them. And I kind of, I think they're a little bit similar in, in the way that they play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah, so, one one more thing. I mean, you're you're really living up to your Jaybird nickname with this <laughs> Cardinals and Eagles teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Car- Cardinals are fun. It's it's tough yeah. to win against. Isaiah them. Simmons too. Love that. Got that. <laughs> Isaiah <laughs> Simmons. Yeah, that that was hyped. I was tweeting about that the second that it happened. And then we'll move on here to the Chargers Jacksonville game. Jacksonville loses their sixth straight game. Chargers here pulling it out. It was Justin Herbert's first win and. It was a big one. Put the team mm-hmm. on his back, four total touchdowns, 347 passing yards, three passing, one rushing, 66 yards on the ground. 
Keenan Allen, huge game, 13 targets, 10 catches, 125 yards. He's a stud. We know that. Now, Justin Herbert's looking like he's a must-start every week, too, with what he's able to do with his arm. And then kind of the, the additional stuff, you know, adds on 66 yards and a rushing touchdown with his legs. Moving over to the Jacksonville side, it's it's getting ugly for them in terms of the the season, at least. You know, they're they're really spiraling. But James Robinson was somebody, you know, people were starting to worry about the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. He had some prime matchups that he didn't take advantage of. Now you look at him in this one, 22 carries, 119 rushing yards, rushing touchdown. Does some work as a receiver, too, like he always seems to do. Four catches, 18, 18 yards receiving and a touchdown on six targets, which is solid. And, you know, DJ Chark and Gardner Minshew are just not connecting right now. This is, what, 14, two weeks ago, seven targets uh, this past week, only one catch for 26 yards. So, yeah. Really disappointing there. LaVisca Chenault also only three catches, 44 yards. Not much to not much to talk about in the Jaguars passing game. We'll see if Gardner Minshew is even the quarterback coming off their bye. So that'll be something Seriously. to monitor. And the Chargers rush attack, you know, neither of the running backs really stepped up. Did Justin Jackson like finish this game? I can't remember if he did or not. But either way, not not much there. So it's it's going to be scary when you see Austin Eckler come back. I mean, this Chargers offense mm-hmm. with Justin Herbert has been, wow. been pretty sweet, and it's been a huge upgrade having <laughs> Herbert. Kind of imagine, about him. <laughs> yeah, imagine if Austin Eckler comes back this year. Hopefully he does, and the Chargers will be right back in it. So they got their man for the future, and Justin Herbert looks looks legit. We had on uh, you know, Ian this last week, and Herbert was his guy. He was Austin's start of the week also. So hopefully you had him in your lineups, and I don't think you're going to be taking him out for a while after the performances he's put together. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if there were any doubts about Herbert, they're gone. He throws, it seems like the best deep ball in the game at this point, just throws money, like dropping in a bucket, like 60 yards with ease. And like you talked about that rushing for Herbert too. He's a great athlete. Definitely can't forget about that. So yeah, lock him in as a starter the rest of the year. Yeah, he's a brick wall too. I feel like yeah, know, every, whenever he, like any contact, it's like you don't want to run into Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's less about him being worried so uh he's yeah, I mean, he's, he's a stud he looks great it's kind of like what everyone like wants josh allen to be as a passer <laughs> yeah <laughs> does it. oh yeah and we've been talking about joe burrow a lot on here for sure and like we both you know love joe burrow and he, he's got some good weapons and maybe maybe you know herbert has has a little bit better he has keenan that's that's been awesome but I think it's you got to think that Justin Herbert's been the most impressive so far. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow, we've seen it for a little bit longer. He's dealing with some, you know, tough offensive line, and they've mm-hmm. had they've had some tough matchups. But Justin Herbert, you know, it's not all rosy either. Like we were just saying, Austin Eckler hasn't been out there. He's dealing with yeah. kind of different running backs and their O line. Mike Williams disappears. Yeah, so and their O line's banged up. It's and, and Jalen Guyton too. I mean, yeah. Justin Herbert's like brought something out of him and, and he's, he's mm-hmm. become a relevant player too. And this one, two catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. So I don't want to not mention him and then I'll pass it to you for this next one. Yeah. We got the chiefs in Denver and a really cool, fun, snowy game. Love these kind of games. Anything can happen. And it was that kind of game for the chiefs where, I mean, they score a huge kick return touchdown with Byron Pringle. You get a, I think they had like a, a fumble return for a touchdown too. It was just really kind of a train wreck for uh, for Denver in this one. Their offense, at least in the passing game, they really couldn't get anything going. Drew Locke, 24 of 40, two interceptions. They had, <laughs> oh yeah, this is what the play was. They tried to do a flea flicker and Melvin Gordon like <laughs> air launches the ball like 10 yards over Drew Locke's head. So that was, that was fun. 
But I mean, one thing I'll, I'll say about Denver, they, they had a really good rushing game. Kansas City is definitely vulnerable on the ground. They gave up, I think, 170 yards, 177 yards actually on the ground. So Philip Lindsay had a concussion. Melvin Gordon looked, looked pretty solid despite that embarrassing uh, flea flicker attempt. So he could be someone to, to monitor going forward. Um, some more notes on Denver. Their, their leading receiver, Albert O. I'm not even going to try to say his last name because <laughs> I'm not skilled enough for that. But Albert O, I mean, I think they mentioned it probably like six times on the broadcast. He was Drew Locke's college roommate. So they obviously have that connection. And seven catches for 60 yards. I'm not going to completely pump the brakes on Noah Fant yet. He's coming back from an injury. So I'd like to see him get back to 100%. But uh, I mean, what's going on with Jerry Judy? He, he needs to get more involved. I know he had some drops earlier in the season, but I mean, you spend such early draft capital on a guy like that, you'd, you'd like to see him be featured more in their offense. And I mean, for the Chiefs, they didn't have to do too much. Like, like I mentioned, they got a lot of short yardage uh, things from the turnovers and from the kick return. They didn't need to do much. So Mahomes only 23 pass attempts, but looked efficient. And I think the big takeaway for me is Clyde Edwards, Alaire had eight carries, Le'Veon Bell had six carries. So Le'Veon definitely has a role in this offense. He looked fresh. He looked good. And I think he's, he's definitely revitalized on this team. And they're happy to have him. So definitely he could be a good play going forward. I think it's, it's going to be more of a maybe 60-40, even 55-45 split between Clyde and Le'Veon. So it was encouraging if you were stashing Le'Veon to see him be used like that. And yeah. yeah, I'll kind of leave it at that. Well, interestingly enough, too, I mean, Clyde scores a touchdown, which for his fantasy day makes it look a little bit better. But this was his lowest snap percentage of the entire season. Yeah. So I, I think it would be naive to think that that doesn't have anything to do with Le'Veon Bell being there. I mean, he's starting off the season 67%, 62%, 69%, 73%, 60 67 and then down to 53 mm -hmm. uh, this past week. And then Le'Veon played about a third of the snaps at 33%. So... Yeah, it'll be, it will be interesting to monitor for sure. And I mean, Le'Veon came in and he had that 16-yard run. I don't think we've seen Le'Veon run for 16 yards in yeah. at least two years, Since three years. Spring, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so that was exciting. Um, yeah, and just one more thing with Le'Veon too. I mean, you got to think they're they're going to get him involved in the passing game a little bit more. That's one of his strengths. And I mean, he just came in, so they they probably weren't going to use him too much. Give they want to give him a little time to get adjusted. So. Yeah. I think the arrow's, arrow's trending up for Lev. And not to say Clyde is uh, trending down, but he's, he's not going to get you those elite RB1 numbers anymore, in my opinion. All right. And moving on. So we have the Niners and the Patriots, which I think we expected to be a little bit better game here. The Niners blow them out 33-6. to mm -hmm. six. Uh, I think that's, I thought saw that the Patriots were the first, game, first three-game losing streak in the Bill Belichick era. So wow, not good there. And then – Kind of the fantasy relevance in this one also kind of hard to find. You know, I think the big the big takeaway for me that I wrote in my notes after kind of checking this one out and kind of seeing what happened again is it just reiterates the fact that you really can't trust the running backs here in New England. You can't trust them mm -hmm. in San Francisco without Mostert. And I think everyone came into this game thinking Jarek McKinnon was going to get get some more run. Kyle Shanahan said after the game, the plan the whole time was to rest Jarek McKinnon. So <laughs> that's one of those where, you know, we wish we, we wish we knew beforehand. But Jeff Wilson goes off 17 carries for 112 yards, three rushing touchdowns, wow. and also adds a couple catches. And unfortunately, he got hurt at the, near the end of this game. So 
Jeff Wilson probably going, I think I saw today already added to their IR. So now we have to make another decision on the San Francisco backfield. Michael <laughs> Hasty gets nine carries, 57 yards. That's a sleeper Austin was into uh, mm-hmm. during draft season. So maybe he's the one to own. It'll, you know, the way that it, it's rocking with San Francisco, I figure now that, you know, we trusted Jarek McKinnon was going to get the workload. He didn't. Now we go into the next week. Jarek McKinnon's probably going to get the carries and everyone's going to have him on their bench. So yeah, that's kind exactly. of the way that, that I would look at it with, with San Francisco. And Brandon Ayuk stood out in the passing game, six receptions, 115 yards. He's going to be really interesting moving forward because Debo Samuel got hurt again in this one. So Ayuk mm-hmm. has all the opportunity again. And George Kittle, five catches, 55 yards. You know, you're never worried about him. Just wasn't, wasn't a great game for him fantasy-wise. And Patriots, you know, like I said, you can't really trust him. Uh, James White was really the only running back going into this one that I felt like, you know, had a, a sliver of trust. And I think this next week you're going to have to see how the Patriots uh, rebuild after this loss because they go in and play Buffalo, which is going to be a huge mm-hmm. game for them. So you got to think they'll have some sort of game plan. But I'm putting all the Patriots on hold until I until I see otherwise and see that they can figure this out. We haven't we haven't seen the Patriots, you know, have like a midseason like struggle Strange. like this yeah. in, in at least you know our almost <laughs> our lifetimes. <laughs> yeah. So as as football fans, we've never really seen this. So I would be it'd be ignorant for me to try and predict what's going to happen <laughs> with them yeah. coming coming off this loss. I I expect them to change some things and come back into Buffalo looking like a different team, but I don't trust them yet. So. Yeah. Romulo also, you know, doesn't look great. This wasn't a great matchup for him, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it from this one. Not a huge, not a huge fantasy, not huge fantasy takeaways from this uh, mm-hmm. Patriots Niners game. Well, you, I mean, use the word rebuild, and I mean, I was just seeing some some rumors out there that the Patriots are shopping around Stephon Gilmore, which is I mean, surprising. He's their best player, and I mean, that's something to note going forward. I mean, that would really kind of indicate what. Belichick thinks of their team going forward yeah I mean the Niners it seems like kind of like the Patriots of old where like they have this running back come in have a monster game no one expects it and then he's just gone you know yeah (laughs) so I'm totally with you it's it's hard to predict uh the Niners rushing game I think it'll be pretty telling with the Patriots this next week if they lose to Buffalo Mm -hmm. and they lose convincingly I think you will see the Patriots kind of tear it apart and figure out something new because I mean from from pretty much everyone's perspective I would say Cam Newton was seeming like he was going to be like you know a one-year rental or you know at Mm -hmm. least see if he can like you know keep this thing going and it looked like that originally at the beginning of the season and now it's looking like the wheels are falling off so unless they can come back and you know bounce back and beat Buffalo which again you know wouldn't put it past the Patriots we've seen them do that our entire life so every right when you start counting them out is when they start playing well yeah. again so we'll see but this week will definitely be telling could you imagine if Patriots just somehow completely blow it up and end up with Trevor Lawrence <laughs> I can I, I can I can yeah. imagine it for sure and like I think like the <laughs> Stephon so Gilmore thing is something that we consider like you know crazy it's like oh, how could you trade mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore the defensive player that's like what the Patriots do though yeah, you know they're, it is. they're in a situation where they have to make a decision and they're you know they're never the team that holds on too long I would say whenever they yeah. see the opportunity they strike at it some contender would pay a, a large sum for a guy like Stephon oh, Gilmore so for sure I'll pass yeah, it back to you yeah good Talk segue the, from uh, the Patriots yeah. <laughs> to exactly. the Buccaneers I mean Belichick struggles are Tom Brady's blessings I guess he's been a man on a mission this season. He's he's hungry. I mean, he we talked about it, I mean, all this offseason. It seems like he really just wanted to prove that it wasn't the Patriots. It was him. He's he's a great player. And 
I mean, we're seeing it right now. He's looking like an MVP candidate after this game, just throwing dimes to everybody. Scotty Miller, I mean, Chris Godwin, he came back, but unfortunately got injured in this one. He made a nice touchdown. Gronk, he's back. <laughs> Gronk is back. I'm just going to say it. Um, but some other notes on I mean, on the Bucks besides Brady going for 369 yards, four touchdowns. I mean, we saw Leonard Fournette came back, and it really muddies up that Tampa Bay backfield to the point where I don't know if I really trust starting either one because when they're both healthy, you see 13 carries for Ronald Jones, 11 for Fournette. Seems like that's going to be the move going forward with them. They're both pretty pretty solid running backs, and I don't really see the point of them leaning on one of them too much when they both can be effective in that kind of 50-50 split. Um, Scotty Miller led the team with yards with 109. I mean, he looks good, and you know Brady likes those little scrappy white guys, so <laughs> he could be it could be a nice play going forward, especially with Godwin out. And, I mean, the big news with the Bucks, they pick up AB, but I don't think he's uh, quite going to be back this week. I think this is the last week he's suspended from the league. So Scotty Miller could be a nice guy to get for another week uh, while, while he still has the opportunity. And, I mean, my notes with the Raiders is uh, Nelson Aguilar. He's been he's been doing it. I mean, I don't know if I can still trust him for whatever reason. He's just he's Nelson Aguilar, and I just I always remember that that famous video of that Eagles fan <laughs> with Nelson and the drop. So tread lightly with him, although he has looked like the deep threat that we kind of thought Henry Ruggs was going to be for this offense. And Darren Waller, he's he's continuing to be that elite. Said they didn't forget a tight end for them. Six catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, Josh Jacobs was my was my sit at running back, and nothing really against Josh Jacobs uh, specifically, but more of a credit to Tampa Bay's run defense. And I mean, I wrote down it's it's hard to really start any running back against Tampa Bay at this point. They're just looking dominant on defense, and it looked like a Super Bowl contender to me. But um, some good notes from the Raiders. I think Derek Carr has he's played better than I expected this year. And if the matchup's right, I think he could actually be a pretty nice stream option going forward with a put up 284 yards, a couple touchdowns, a bit of a pick. But it's a tough game for the Raiders. I wasn't expecting them to win this one. I mean, Buccaneers really just, they dominated from the get-go. And I ex- kind of expect that going forward with Brady. He seems absolutely locked in, even without Mike Evans being involved, only two catches. They, they seem... They seem ready for a Super Bowl run, so I'd be buying the Buccaneers players at this point. Yeah, and interestingly enough with the running backs, too, you know, frustrating Fournette comes back and cuts into Ronald Jones, but I guess kind of the silver lining would be now it looks like it's only two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the past couple of weeks it was, you know, three guys, LaShawn McCoy was involved, and, and this one LaShawn McCoy didn't play at all, zero snaps. Fournette had 56% of the snaps, and Ronald Jones played 43 and I think it was today that Bruce Arians said that you know Leonard Fournette's going to be his like passing down back pretty much, and it's I don't big. blame him with what we've seen. That's really yeah. Ronald Jones' <laughs> only weakness is that Ronald mm-hmm. Jones just can't catch the ball. He seems to like not be able to to get past that. Embarrassing, yeah. He just yeah. cannot catch. Yeah, and Leonard Fournette can, and Leonard Fournette can also do a lot with it once he does catch it. I I think at least I seem mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of people seem to still like hate on hate on Fournette, but right, he's... that was like, his, <laughs> like people were calling him out for that last year, and he had a ton of catches. And yeah, it's like it's like one of those things when everyone goes like, oh, well, if you take away like you know, this <laughs> or you take away that, it's like yeah, well, if you take away Leonard Fournette's seventy-seven catches last year, then he was <laughs> this, and it's like okay, well, I mean, he still caught like a bunch of passes, mm-hmm. last year. whatever, but. 
that's an interesting takeaway from it. I think that it's it's going to be tough to to really start either of them. It's it, unless like kind of I think they they both might be flex worthy a lot of times mm-hmm. because I think this offense is still going to be scoring a lot, and when they get in close, they seem to be highly efficient. So I think yeah. that they could both be used as flexes and through bye weeks or through injuries or or something. But at least it becomes a two man backfield, and hopefully that. That remains the case, and we don't see LaShawn McCoy come yeah. back into it. Yeah, like you said, the plus, I mean, they both have their defined roles now in the offense, so I think that's a good call. You could, They could definitely be flex-worthy going forward with how good Tampa's offense is. And moving to the Packers, Packers playing at Houston. So they won 35-20. Packers are 5-1. and one. Houston 1-6. One and six. Doesn't that suck? It sucks to see Deshaun Watson be 1-6. and six. Yeah. That's just it's sad. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. We were, who else were we talking about? Oh, yeah, they had Tyron Matthew, you know. We were just yeah, talking about in conversation. Like, all these guys, when you just talk about all of them, yeah, Clowney, Matthew, Hopkins, like mm-hmm. all these great players. But moving on to the fantasy side of it, Packers, huge day. Rodgers and uh, Devontae bounce back, as we talked about on the podcast last week. We said that was just going to be huge. I, I said, mm-hmm. you know, when we were talking to Ian about it, it's not rocket science, but I really think it's going to happen. It's going <laughs> to happen in a big way. And that's exactly what, what did mm-hmm. happen. These two are just, you know, when, when there's a matchup that they can exploit, Rodgers just goes crazy with Devontae. 16 targets, 13 catches, 196 yards and two touchdowns. And we already touched on Tyler Lockett, and that wasn't even the most impressive receiving day this week, which is crazy. I so, know, right? <laughs> 196 yards, two touchdowns, 45-yard touchdown. Uh, Devontae was pretty much the passing game. Jamal Williams gets added in a little bit with Aaron Jones out. He had, you know, 19, 19 attempts, 77 yards, touchdown, and then adds a little bit in the passing game, 37 yards on four catches. Robert Tanyan, not too much, only two targets for two catches. So it was really Devontae Rogers and the running backs, which has kind of been their – their formula and moving on to kind of the Houston side. I think interestingly enough, all, all of their receivers were, were fantasy relevant. You know, Will Fuller caught a, caught a touchdown to kind of salvage his day. He only had three catches for 35 yards, but Randall Cobb, 10 targets, 95 yards, Brandon cooks, another good week. Is that his third week in a row where he's been, you know, like flex worthy. So ever since Bill O'Brien left, Brandon, Brandon cooks has been, you know, fantasy relevant again. So something to keep an eye on. And, and then David Johnson, Solid day, gets a couple catches, 14 carries, nothing nothing to write home about. So you're not, you're not feeling great about David Johnson. But the, the Houston passing game is interesting. And, you know, Will Fuller seems to be a guy that they're, they're going to be on by this next week. But, you know, Will, Will Fuller has been pretty consistent. And Brandon, Brandon Cooks is getting consistent. So feel good about Deshaun Watson and, and kind of stream, stream or, you know, play the matchups with the wide receivers. Yeah, for sure. Just my one big takeaway. You, you mentioned it with Houston. I mean, their their passing game looks good. It's really good. And I honestly think all three of them have starting potential with how bad their defense looks and how much they're going to have to sling it around. I think they could all have value going forward. So definitely agree with you on that one. All we got right. next. Who we Woo-hoo. got you? My Detroit Lions versus Atlanta Falcons. If that Seattle-Atlanta game wasn't the game of the week, this one definitely was. We saw vintage Matt Stafford after Todd Gurley had one of the, the dumber plays you'll see. I mean, it was such an obvious do not Come on, man. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> like, come on, you got to be in – sound like Joe Biden out here. Come on. <laughs> it's like you got to be in the huddle thinking, all right, do not score, do not score. And they scored. And 
it just seemed like a, a perfect perfect storm for the Falcons. They're just they're per, they're the best at choking, and it, it set up really nicely for the Lions in this one. Uh, Stafford and Matt Ryan, they were both pretty efficient, nothing too great. I mean, they both put over 330 passing yards, had a touchdown each, no picks. So they both finished with 19 fantasy points, actually. So good, efficient games out of those guys. Todd Gurley, I mean, in fantasy terms, it was great getting that last touchdown. It put him at two for the day, 63 yards. And, I mean, we're going to keep keep saying this week in and week out. He's he's a touchdown guy, and he's been kind of living up to that this year. He's been really solid in that regard. So I'm sure he's been making fantasy owners really happy this year with that output. And man, I, I tweeted that this is Swift season after that rushing touchdown, and it seemed like right after that they didn't they didn't use him at all for the rest of the game, leaving me scratching my head. Like this guy is showing all the talent out there. He looks really dynamic, but they they can't give up on AP for whatever reason. And he was extremely inefficient. It just seems like whenever he's in the game, it's it's obvious that they're running the ball. So I personally would love to see Swift take over that backfield and just get Peterson in like these maybe third and short yardage situations. Um, I mean, with the Falcons, I'll, I'll talk about them a little more. Their, their passing game looks, looks good. I mean, Julio, Ridley, Hurst, and Russell Gage are all, they're all being supported by nice target shares. They all hit over seven, to, seven or more targets in this one. Ridley got the only touchdown, but I mean, you got to like what you see out of Julio coming back from, from his injury, getting eight catches, 97 yards. He, just, he looks like Julio out there again, making nice big plays. But to me, the best player in this game was Kenny Galladay. He just – he makes amazing catch after amazing catch, and he made the biggest play of the game with the Lions driving with the, like, 10 seconds left, made this huge catch. He is just so money, and I'm begging you, Bob Quinn, Lions GM, you got to pay this man now. <laughs> Lock him up. Do not let him get out of there. So big game out of him, six for 114. And another guy, too, TJ Hawkinson. He's seems like he's entering into that elite tight end rage with his, his red zone prowess. He's clearly Stafford's favorite red zone target. He got another touchdown, the game-winning touchdown in this game. So he, to me, seems like a set-it-and-forget-a-guy at the tight end position. And uh, touch on Marvin Jones, too. He's been really quiet all season. There's some trade rumors surrounding his name. But nice to see him get back into it with five catches for 80 yards. And... This was a, a really fun game. It's got to be really tough being a Falcons fan. I feel for you guys going one and six, but really they could easily be three and four. So tough game, but hey, I'm, I'm a happy camper. It was a great game for my Lions. And, a lot of and whether we like it or not, Todd Gurley is top 10 running back right now yeah. in PR leagues. And he hasn't had one game with less than 14 carries. He's had over, over 20 carries three times. He scored. I mean, that's what we've been saying. We've been kind of going, oh, you know, he's touchdown dependent and we, we don't, you know, when's but it going to kind of fall off? <laughs> but if he keeps scoring and he keeps like, you know, relying on those touchdowns, he, he had, you know, week six against Minnesota. He didn't score. He only had nine fantasy points. Mm -hmm. So that was it. But then, you know, the week surrounding that he scores touchdowns, 25, 22 fantasy points. And so he's a top 10 running back right now. And then he has Carolina on Thursday night. So when he, when he played Carolina the first time, week five, 14 carries, 121 yards, averaged 8.6 8. 6 yards per carry. So he That's can just have another one. big matchup. We could see yeah. Todd Gurley as a top five running back after know, this week if he crazy. has a big game. So, like Everyone I said, whether, counted him out. Yeah, whether we like it or not, he, he continues to produce and keeps – whether he's supposed to score or not, he still finds his way into the end zone, it seems like. So. Straight up, man. 
Moving on to the Battle of Ohio here. The Browns oh, yeah, another at, great game. Browns at the Bengals. No Odell, no problem. And you know, hope hopefully, you know, prayers prayers to Odell. Hopefully he gets better. It's he's gonna be out for the season, but he's gonna be twenty eight. Yeah, hopefully tough. he bounces back and we get to see a little bit more of of dynamic Odell. He's dealt with so many injuries in his career mm-hmm. and so it really is a bummer to see that happen but more to the fantasy side Baker you know just kept kind of pumping he was 0 for 5 uh, to start this game and then finished the game 22 for 28 297 yards five touchdowns one interception which came on the Odell injury on I believe it was Baker's first or second pass of the game and mm-hmm. the other guys that stepped up Rashad Higgins six targets six catches 110 yards Harrison Bryant two touchdowns with Austin Hooper out this week Donovan Peoples-Jones, was he, yeah. he He was the seventh-round pick this year, right? Yeah, they scooped yeah, him up so late. Seventh-round pick out of Michigan, sixth or seventh for sure. Uh, three catches, 56 yards, and the big touchdown at the end. Mm-hmm. Game and, Yeah, and then Jarvis Landry here with, you know, a little, little bit uh, – one of the leaders in the target tree, but didn't do too much with it, only 48 yards on five catches. That's, a, that's your Jarvis Landry day. Hopefully he yeah. starts stepping up, though, with, with Odell out and – you know, off that play action. Hopefully, you know, Nick Chubb should be coming back in the next couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. we could see them just becoming more of a, a run-heavy team again and Jarvis kind of taking over as the, the main target. And Kareem Hunt, 18 carries, 76 yards, no touchdowns. Catches a couple pass. Oh, sorry, catches a receiving touchdown, my bad, for on his three catches for uh, 26 yards. So Kareem Hunt finds a way to, you know, keep pumping out yeah, fantasy we'll points. Get it done. Gets it done either way. And then on the Cincinnati side, Joe Mixon was out in this one. Everyone was kind of curious what that would mean for the backfield. Gio Bernard stepped right in, had 13 carries for 37 yards. Not that impressive, but we kind of talked about this last week too. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't starting the Gio Bernards and the Boston Scots because they were having, you know, great, uh, you know, rushing matchups. It was because of what they could potentially do in the receiving game. Gio catches five passes for 59 yards and a touchdown late. And that's kind of all you needed from him. He gave you 20, 20 points in PPR leagues. The receivers, though, Joe Burrow, you know, threw 400 yards in this one, 47 attempts, three touchdowns. They don't care, man. They don't care if Joe Burrow's arm falls off. They're going to just keep <laughs> keep throwing it with him. And Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd takes advantage, you know, of the better matchups. He, he always does. 13 mm-hmm. targets, 11 catches, 110 or 101 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd's a top 10 wide receiver right now. And, you know, he's kind of one of those guys where you have to deal with the down weeks. There's going to be weeks where he gets taken out of the game, and then there's going to be weeks like this where he just takes advantage of a matchup and, and blows up. A.J. Green shows he's still alive, 13 targets, seven <laughs> catches, 82, 82 yards receiving. And then T. Higgins, a, a good takeaway from him is I think that T. Higgins has kind of just established himself now as yeah. a guy that should be in your lineup until really we see otherwise. Five targets, five catches, 71 yards, and a touchdown. and like I said, with you know Burrow's arm, is they're they're just gonna keep throwing it. They don't mind, and they play mm-hmm. Tennessee this next week, which is gonna be a a matchup where they're able to you know Tennessee's definitely able to be beaten on the defensive side, and Tennessee's also a team that you know has been putting up a good amount of points. So we could see Joe Burrow throwing it a bunch again, and he's able to support three receivers. It looks like, and so keep T Higgins in your lineup, keep Tyler Boyd in your lineup, and. AJ Green, you know, also showing he has the fantasy yeah. relevance too. So we'll see what happens. Back. Yeah, we'll see what happens going forward if Joe Mixon can get back. They have a, a buy in week nine, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals hold him out this next mm-hmm. week. Yeah, feel you. Got to touch about... on uh, got to touch on our guy Fat Randy too, number one <laughs> kicker in fantasy football. I'm yeah, what about um, 
while we're here, what do you think about any of the receivers? Would you pick up anybody in the uh, in the Browns receiving room that might be stepping up for Odell? Maybe one of the tight ends. Are you mm-hmm. interested in Harrison Bryant? Yeah, I mean Harrison Bryant. He looked good, and he he seems to be like uh, the next man up over in Joku, even which it's kind of tough for in Joku. I'd like to see him get more of an opportunity. But I mean, the tough thing about the Browns, I don't expect them to get in shootouts like this every week. I think they're at their best when they can run and just kind of eat, eat up clock. But if there was a guy I would pick up, I think it is Rashad Higgins. He'll step into that role of Odell. And he's a good player. He, he really hasn't gotten too much of an opportunity with those two established receivers. So I think he can make plays. And Baker clearly likes throwing to him. They, they got to have some trust in each other now after that big game. So if there's a guy to go after, I would, I'd go after Higgins. Yeah, it, it could be interesting. I mean, they – they used a lot of the both of the tight ends in this last one. Mm-hmm. Joku scored the one touchdown, but he played 60% of the snaps. And then Harrison Bryant played 77. So maybe that's what they turn to. Maybe just having yeah. the two tight ends out there. I mean, when you have three guys, like you have Hooper, Harrison Bryant, and Joku, who are all viable options at the position, they might just start yeah. rolling out two tight ends more often. So Shit, I, let's put all three of them out there. Just put Jarvis <laughs> out and three tight end sets. I love it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I'm not going crazy over over Rashard Higgins, but mm-hmm. um, if I if I had to pick one up, it would be him. And it'd be cool to see Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. We'll see if that see what, happens. See what they have in him. Or maybe, yeah. maybe the Browns, uh, they're, you know, they're five and two now. They seem to be contenders whether they're really real or fake when we saw what Pittsburgh did to them just threw them around but I think the Browns could be a a team that's looking for a wide receiver you know maybe we we know already know Odell's out there was already rumors you know when Odell's playing if the Browns are like ever sticking to him there's always like the Odell might get traded that kind of stuff and you know the, the Browns haven't been in a position like this in again pretty much our lifetimes <laughs> so we've the, the Browns are in a position where, like, they need to, you know, make a push and they need to kind of take a step if they want to keep up in their mm-hmm. division. Like, again, dimensional what we saw last week with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh came in and just punched them in the mouth, had no problem beating up the Browns. And th- those are the teams they're going to have to go through if they want to if they want to win this division. They play Pittsburgh Week 17. They're still going to have to play Baltimore. So I would be yeah. – uh, it'd be interesting to see if the Browns add another wide receiver. So I wouldn't go crazy – uh, mm-hmm. on the waiver wire for one of, for one of their guys, but maybe pick one up after after the mayhem. Completely agree. How twenty twenty would it be if the Browns make the playoffs and the Patriots don't? <laughs> that, <laughs> that would be that would be classic. <laughs> yeah, that hey, would be that would be typical twenty twenty. That is the twenty. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. This is another pretty solid game between the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. I got to start. I mean, I've. I'm really impressed with Teddy Bridgewater. He's he's come in and done exactly what Carolina was expecting. He's super efficient, doesn't make bad plays, and he's been feeding his top two guys, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. This one just happened to be a DJ Moore day where someone forgot to cover him. He was wide open for a 74-yard touchdown, and they got him involved with a nice little jet sweep in the red zone to give him a rushing touchdown too. So I really like what I'm seeing out of both him and Robbie Anderson going forward. I think they both have legitimate fringe wide receiver one. At, if at worst, I mean they're amazing wide receiver twos. So it's uh, hopefully you got you got rid of Mike Davis while you could have because McCaffrey's looking like he's back. I think they were like trying to limit him at practice this week, and he was just like, "Nah, fuck that, I'm back." <laughs> <laughs> so it looks looks to be the end of Mike Davis for fantasy owners, and and he did a great job in in McCaffrey's absence, but. 
sure everyone in the league is happy to see McCaffrey come back. He's just he's a fun guy, cool player. On the Saints side of the ball, it's good to see Drew Brees kind of get back to that same even like Teddy Bridgewater esque, just really consistent, not making any bad plays, just kind of managing the offense as he does. And 29 for 36, 287 yards, and a couple passing touchdowns. And we even saw a rushing touchdown under Drew Brees, which is which is always nice to see. Kamara doing Kamara things. He didn't get on the ground, a rushing touchdown on the ground in this one, but I mean, 83 rushing yards and eight catches, 65 yards. That's just, that's his bread and butter. He's, he's making league winners in this one with his receptions. The, the big surprise though on the Saints, Marquez Callaway. I mean, who would have thought it? 10 targets, eight catches, 75 yards. I mean, I didn't even know who he was, to be honest, before this game. So kudos to him for stepping up and making the most out of his opportunities. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure if I quite trust him going forward. I mean, they were obviously out, Michael Thomas still, and Emmanuel Sanders. But, I mean, going forward, he, he obviously proved that he can play. And it might be nice to know if those guys miss some more time, he, he could step in and be a nice little pickup for them. And Jared Cook, too made the most of his opportunities, three catches on four targets, 32 yards and a score. So he's looking like a decent play. I've never been high on Jared Cook too much. He's let me down too much in the past, but they obviously have a good connection talking about Breeze and Jared Cook. So he could, he could be a nice play going forward. So. Yeah. And Cal Callaway might be a guy too, kind of similar to the a little lesser than Higgins, but similar to that kind of mm -hmm. thought process where maybe once waiver is clear and, you know, if he's still out there and you have an extra spot or somebody that you could drop, maybe slot him in. I mean, he, he had in week five, he had uh, six targets, four catches, 34 yards. So nothing exciting, but he was involved. And then, mm -hmm. you know, clearly in this one, he gets 10 targets and then kind of looking at their snap percentages. I mean, he played 68% of the snaps in uh, week five. They had to buy this last week and then up to 73%. So, Clearly, I mean, contingent on Michael Thomas continuing to miss time because mm -hmm. when he's back, I'm sure it's, it's just going to get shaken up. But And, you know, we saw Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas out in this one. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of am with you. I don't know if I, like, buy the Callaway thing. But if these guys continue to miss time, maybe pick them up. And yeah, just as a last worthy, guy. Of a, worthy of a flyer. Yeah, last yeah, guy. Especially if Thomas keeps saying out. Man, is, is Michael Thomas even going to play this season? <laughs> I feel like right when he was, like, getting back, then the disciplinary thing happens. <laughs> yeah. And then once he's getting back from the disciplinary thing, then he has a hamstring injury. And it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. They should trade him to the yeah. Bucks. Straight up. I mean, <laughs> he, man, he, he made his money, and he's kind of ghosted him after that. Yeah. So. The Bucks are collecting receivers. Just trade him to the Bucks. Right. <laughs> or or the Eagles, if the Eagles are so inclined. But yeah. moving on to <laughs> yeah. Steelers-Titans game, the, the battle of 5-0. and Steelers come out on top. They will continue their undefeated streak and give the Titans their first loss. Fantasy relevance in this one, not too hard to find. There were a lot of, a lot of fantasy relevant players playing in this one. Antonio, er, speaking of the Steelers, A.J. Brown. <laughs> Eight catch, or six catches, 153 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets. And, you know, A.J. Brown, the past three weeks since he's been back, 21 fantasy Ooh, points, 22 so fantasy many. points, 27 fantasy points. So it's, you know, clearly going through him. He, he's awesome. 73-yard mm -hmm. touchdown in this one where he just, you know, ran across on a little slant, just took it took it the distance. And for Tennessee, aside from, aside from A.J. Brown, you know, we're hoping to see Johnny Smith bounce back. He, you know, only had four targets, one catch. 
nine yards. For part of this game, it looked like he wasn't even out there. So, you know, Fersker was still playing a little bit. Who knows if Jonu was still nursing his ankle injury. But, you know, mm-hmm. they take on uh, Cincinnati this next week. So maybe we'll see that get back to normal. But a little concerning just because, you know, we saw Corey Davis, Humphreys, and A.J. Brown out playing in this one. And that was kind of the game where, you know, Jonu has taken a step back. So maybe it's the receivers. Maybe it's the receivers that are just taking more targets. Or maybe it was just in this game. So we'll have to see going forward. Derrick Henry, 20 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Just, you know, doing Derrick Henry things. Two catches, negative three yards. But if you're in a PPR league, then, you know, get, get the two Take little it. points for it. <laughs> Brian Tannehill, 220 yards, two touchdowns, solid. And then going to the Steelers' side, James Conner, 20 carries for 82 yards. Adds a couple catches, two, three for 29. Could have been a lot more. Could have been a bigger day for James Conner, but enough. You know, you can't, can't mm-hmm. complain, but – could, could have been a bigger day. And then looking at the receivers, Big Ben's got kind of all of his guys back, and now we have to kind of reevaluate again what happens with the Steelers' receiver <laughs> room. It seemed like Chase Claypool had established himself. And I was, I was talking to a, a friend of ours about this. It's funny. As I saw somebody tweeted it. But, you know, when Claypool went off for his 44 or whatever it was a couple weeks ago, people were probably didn't have him or, you know, he was on their bench or out in free agency. So then you go pick him up, and then you're probably debating, like, you know, maybe he just had this huge week and I shouldn't, mm-hmm. shouldn't play him yet. I want to see him do it one more time. And then he did. And he had a rushing yeah. touchdown, 75 yards, 17 fantasy points. And then, you know, third week, you're probably like, all right, you know, I can't not, not start Claypool. Yeah. You know, he had 44, 17, he's money. He's in the Steelers offense. They're giving him handoffs at the goal line. Like, and then he comes in the next one and just does nothing. So it was, I just think that is a funny story. Like just one of those, you know, like why do we love fantasy so much? It's like mm-hmm. it just screws you all yep. the time. Breaking but, your heart. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, everyone was worried about him. Comes back, 14 targets, nine catches, 85 yards. Deontay Johnson return, 15 targets, nine catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns. So if you ever kind of wondered about that, Deontay Johnson, whenever he plays, Deontay gets the targets. So – it's yeah, just he gets that, that A-B treatment in this offense, it seems exactly. like. Exactly. It's just that we're never sure. He's like, even after this one, big game, and then he kind of gets hurt at the end, and he says, mm-hmm. I'll be back. Like, I'll play next week. And it's like, oh, yeah, God, well, okay. you come in, you have a great week, everyone feels <laughs> good again, and now you're potentially hurt again. So we'll see We'll see what happens going forward with that. But kind of, you know, the Steelers are dangerous, and they can beat mm-hmm. you in a lot of different ways, and they got a lot of good players, a lot of fantasy-relevant players. So – this one was a fun one, and then Pittsburgh's got Baltimore this next week, so another fun one in store yeah. for them. Yeah, one thing, I mean, I was a little disappointed with Big Ben this week. I thought he could really kind of take advantage. I know one of his interceptions, they, for some reason, went for a Hail Mary at the end of the first half, and just a pretty lousy throw, to be honest. And he made another kind of bonehead move, bonehead throw out there. So he's not looking uh, elite like he kind of was showing earlier, but – their offense is still rolling. Yeah, Ben's going to do Ben. That was my bad. Gave uh, – who did I – yeah, Ben was Ben was my start this week. I That was the one. We had a – I'll go over all our start sits at the end and kind of tell you guys our report card. But the quarterback spot this week was the, really the one that, that got me. I said start Big Ben. I said bench Drew Brees and kind of went opposite ways. So, I'll take, take the credit for that if anybody made that, like, exact decision you know big big ben and drew Brees are probably on a lot of teams (laughs) one did well and the other one did not so moving forward (laughs) yeah going from a a great game to one of the worst games of the week we got five and two now five and two looking good the buffalo bills versus the 
lowly 0-7 New York Jets. They, they pulled off a win, 18-10. This seemed like the slam dunk, like lock of the week with the Bills, but uh, they didn't cover. They, the Jets covered in this one. So that was nice to see, at least in the, the betting world. But, I mean, not, not a lot to love from the Jets side. Darnold came back and really did not look good. 12 of 23, 120 yards, two picks. I mean, yikes. They ran the ball somewhat well. I mean, Frank Gore, 11 for 60. And but Michael Piran, he got a touchdown. I mean, it could be a nice nice stash for a dynasty league if if he somehow sticks with that job. But um, one, one thing I, I was kind of impressed with, it was cool to see Denzel Mims get in there, four catches, 42 yards. He has all the talent. It, it'd be wise of them to kind of just pepper him with some throws and just see what he can do for them. On the, uh, the Bill side of the ball, it's becoming kind of a recurring theme when, when John Brown doesn't play, Cole Beasley eats. I mean, he had 12 targets, 11 catches for 112 yards. I mean, that's money in PPR. You, you love to see that. Uh, Stephon Diggs didn't have his best game. I mean, might even maybe try to, to steal him in a trade. I mean, I still am buying him big time going forward as, a, as an elite receiver in this league. So don't get too tripped up on that. For Josh Allen, wasn't his best game either. This was just kind of a sloppy game all around. I mean, he did throw for another 300-yard game, which, I mean, he hadn't done that before the season, and he's been doing that quite a bit this year. So you do like to see that. Um, hey, we got a Zach Moss sighting in this game. Finally, seven for 47. Got three catches for 25 yards. So, I mean, about time they got him involved. So that was really cool to see. Singletary didn't didn't do too much, only 29 rushing yards, two catches. But, uh, I mean, I wrote down with this this backfield, it's it's tough to trust either one of them at this point. I mean, this was really the, the first pretty good game out of Zach Moss. I, I'd like to see it happen again. I mean, I will say this for the Jets. If they do have a strong point, it is their rushing defense. And it's nice to see Moss still has some pretty good yardage and get about seven yards per carry. So definitely a guy to monitor. He might he might be there in, in some leagues to pick up if you're in a redraft league. So now might be the time to pounce on him and he'd be worth worth a lot of free agency bucks if yeah, you were, couple, you're desperate. A couple of takeaways from the, the backfields in both these games. Well, Michael P. Ryan, you know, played 70% of the snaps. So take with that what you will. And maybe, maybe they do start riding him going forward. It really brings back the theme of, you know, of course, I'm not going to waste time talking about the whole Adam Gase thing, but it's just, you know, where the Jets are at kind of this season and with their franchises, you know, it doesn't benefit you to, you know, feed Frank mm-hmm. Gore over a guy like Michael P. Ryan. They, yeah. Similar to like the Adrian Peterson, DeAndre Swift situation, except the, you know, the Lions aren't in the same situation the Jets are in. The Jets are really in, you know, a complete rebuild. And you might as well see the young yeah. guys that you have and see if they're worth, you know, holding on to through what you're about to rebuild. And, you know, P. Ryan playing 70% of the snaps is, is interesting. It's still a bad offense, but it's a guy where at least, you know, maybe on bye weeks or injuries, there are a lot of running backs that are hurt out there. Maybe he steps in. And then, yeah, going back to the Buffalo backfield too, yeah, I was I was really high on on Zach Moss coming into this year, and it's kind of been derailed by by injuries, and he just hasn't really been able to get going. This was the first game where at least he you know outpaced Devin Singletary fantasy wise. Singletary still outsnapped him in this one, but something to pay attention to because you know Singletary had an, an opportunity and a, a pretty solid window when mm-hmm. Zach Moss was injured to really step up and then you know 
elevate kind of his his value to this team and he didn't do that and so now Zach Moss you know he gets 26 yards on on one of his rushes for so he pretty much got you know more than half of his yards on on one carry but he also got three catches in this one so if he can be the one that's getting the receiving work and then maybe be more efficient on the ground than, than Singletary we could see kind of a, a shift here so something to keep an eye on they're both not like you said they're both not really you know to be trusted right now yeah not quite yet and moving on again to the NFC least, we've got the Washington football team, 25, beating the Dallas Cowboys. So 25 to three, you know, another ugly one for Dallas. And we saw Andy Dalton go down in this one too. So things could just get uglier. The offensive line's banged up now. Andy Dalton's potentially going to be out this week. And it's really hurting all the Cowboys, except for Amari Cooper, who seems to stay relevant you know seven catches for 80 yards you'll take that and hopefully he can continue that we did say you know sit Dalton Schultz on on our last week and that seemed to to prove correct Dalton Schultz wasn't too involved CeeDee Lamb you know five targets no catches Michael Gallup two targets uh no catches so tough to trust those guys going into this next week and you know tr- t- tough to trust Zeke too you know 12, yeah, straight up. 12 carries for 45 yards um you know one catch it's it it is tough i mean i just don't know really what he's going to be able to do with what's his name uh danucci and danucci and danucci's playing this week it's going to be it's going to be really tough for uh for Zeke to get anything going. austin and i are just seeing this ever everson griffin news yeah breaking news (laughs) let's go i'll I'll stop a zeke take for that that's that's pretty sweet but Yeah. yeah zeke is zeke's tough i mean i would honestly if i and I'm not just saying this is an Eagles homer out there, but I would probably try and sell Zeke low if you're in just a season-long league. It looks like the mm-hmm. Dallas season is going to be tough moving forward, and with the name value that Zeke still carries and the volume that he still gets, somebody might be willing to buy. But I don't know Tony Pollard gets involved as well, so so we'll see how that goes moving forward and see if they're able to find a way to you know effectively move the ball. I, I think they're willing. Yeah, they're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. So if that involves bringing in Tony Pollard and maybe adds a little bit more of a spark. We'll mm-hmm. see. But with the, with the bad offensive line or the banked up offensive line and, and you know, Andy Dalton potentially out, it's, it's going to be tough to trust Cowboys moving forward. And then on the Washington side, you know, you got two exciting guys, two exciting young players and Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. They both exploit this matchup. McLaurin takes his 11 targets for seven catches, 90 and a touchdown. So you love to see that from McLaurin. He had a little speech after the game too, pumping up the, Pumping up the yeah. Washington football team to keep moving forward because every every win in this NFC East means the world. You know, you <laughs> really win does. one of you win one of these games and you're right back in the hunt. So mm-hmm. it's it's a good point by McLaurin. You know, like if you just win these division games, you beat the Cowboys, you can potentially beat the Eagles again, beat the Giants. You could you could find yourself in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. McLaurin, big game. He's a must start, and they go on by this week. And then Antonio Gibson, we see. You know, the 20 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown. Just looking at that stat line, you know, he looks like, all right, finally we're seeing this guy, like, get what he deserves. When you look at the snap count, though, still pretty even with the kissing. (laughs) And then not only that, Peyton Barber also still cutting in. So you don't like to see that. You're clearly happy with the Antonio Gibson day, but then you look at the running backs and you're like, how the fuck did Peyton Barber get 10 carries in this game? What is he even doing there? <laughs> 10 carries, 34 yards. So that's a bummer. You just wish that they could just 
you know, commit to Antonio Gibson and, you know, maybe sprinkle in McKissick without a third guy in Peyton Barber. But you're happy with it. It's a, it's the breakout. We talked about it on the last show. I was asking Ian, you know, these matchups are just so great for Washington, these past couple ones. And I'm hoping we see the Antonio Gibson breakout. And I think right before the bye is the perfect time because mm-hmm. it just gives you that confidence. If Antonio, if Antonio Gibson had another, like, you know, if he just didn't really get do it for you against Dallas and then he goes into the bye, you're feeling a little bit iffy on him. And with this result, I feel like you feel comfortable you have a solid running back moving forward and the guy that Washington seems to be comfortable using. Now they get the bye week to figure out more creative ways to get him involved. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you love to see running backs being used the way James Robinson is being used in Jacksonville, getting like 99% of their running back touches? I mean, that would just be a perfect world. But what do we know, I guess? <laughs> Yeah, there's really only a few backfields out there where that happens anymore. And mm-hmm. We're about to pass – I'm going to pass you on to another one here where another back, back that gets pretty much all the touches. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, are there more, like, different five-and-two teams going forward? I mean, one's feeling really great. The Bears, they look like an absolute mess. I mean, they've got to be feeling fortunate that they're even five-and-two at this point. I mean, I wrote down, like – when when's the point where they start considering bringing in Trubisky again? I mean, Foles just Foles just really did not look that good today. So um, yeah, he he's an, a nightmare. Um, Jared Goff, 23 for 33, 220 yards, two touchdowns. He looks like he was looking good in this one. And I mean, the Rams just the way they attack on offense. There's a ton of motion going forward. Hard to keep an eye on on whoever's there. And Josh Reynolds was the big, the big beneficiary in this one. Eight targets, four catches, 52 yards, and a score. Um, Robert Woods was getting involved on the ground too. I know he was. Uh, it was unfortunate he had that big fumble where they got their their only touchdown for the Bears off uh, Eddie Jackson fumble recovery. But not not feeling too down about Woods. I think he's still a key part of their offense. And same with Cooper Cup. I mean, six catches for 43 yards. They just. They didn't have to do much. The Bears couldn't get anything going on offense. Johnny Hecker was, I mean, they gave him the MVP of the game. He was pinning him inside the 10-yard line every time it seemed like him. The Bears really couldn't get anything going. I mean, we'll talk about Montgomery. As you mentioned, he got 14 of the 17 carries, but he only managed 48 yards out of it. And, I mean, with how bad the passing game is looking for the Bears, they can kind of zone in on Montgomery and, Kind of just shut it, shut him down, and then just bring the heat on Foles. And Foles is—he's really not not a great athlete anymore. He can't really make plays happen after the pressure comes, and it's really hurting them right now. And that's where I, I really think Trubisky might be the better move for them. Um, I mean, some some other notes I'll just touch on. Allen Robinson kind of—he picked it up in the second half a little bit, finished with four for seventy. No, that wasn't the performance most people were hoping for, but. He's still kind of salvaged the day a little bit. I mean, not really much else to, to, to talk about for the Bears. It feels like the Bears are like a ticking time bomb in terms of like when it's going to just blow back up because like everybody knows they're not, you know, the five and one team yeah. that they were. But then, uh-huh. you, and then you watch it on primetime and you're just like, well, they're really not, you know, the yeah. five and one. Like this, these guys are five and one and it's not like they're – you know, missing anybody like super significant. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, you know, when this guy gets back, they'll be exactly. just fine. Like, oh, this is what they have. And moving forward, they play the Saints, they play the Titans, Minnesota before they're by, and then they play Green Bay. And 
they have a pretty easy schedule to end the season aside from, you know, well, they play the Lions, which isn't, which isn't an easy game anymore. I'll give them that. Then, yeah, the Lions you know, blew Houston, that one versus them. Houston, one, Minnesota, so. Jacksonville to end the season. So the Bears, you know, it could be, could be better for them moving forward. I, I agree with you. I'm not worried about Allen Robinson. This was a tough mm-hmm. matchup for him with the Rams and Jalen Ramsey and just not being able to move the ball. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully things will get easier. And we were kind of talking about it with Dave Montgomery because he's another one of those guys, you know, like similar to James Robinson, not exactly, but where he gets all the work and you're just like, you know, that's the only reason he's relevant. He doesn't do anything that, mm-hmm. you know, excites you. He doesn't, you know, really make any huge plays, but he gets the five catches here, you know, which in a PPR league is, is what's going to keep his day. You know, you're going to be, you're going to be okay with that and in kind of a bad offense. And I don't know if the touchdowns are going to, are going to really come too much, but as long as he can keep getting the passing work with, with Tariq Cohen sidelined on the IR, then, then Montgomery will stay relevant, but it was ugly. The the bears were were an ugly team and it's, it was weird, you know, hearing them be talked about as, you know, the NFC North, like the first place team in the NFC North and coming from me, you know, talking about the NFC East, (laughs) at least, at least they're five and two, but that was tough to watch. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think that the, we're going to see the real bears sooner or later. Uh Yeah. We're going to blink and they'll be five and five before we know it. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I feel like this is going to spiral, but we'll see. So anything else, man? Any, anything else to take away from this weekend moving forward? We got the Falcons-Panthers game on Thursday night. That one's rough. We got yeah, some rough. It's going to be fun, I think. I think it's going to be a fun one, too, for fantasy purposes. A lot of fantasy-relevant mm-hmm. players in that game with the, the receivers and both running backs. Hopefully, maybe McCaffrey will play. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I know he – I'm sure he's, like, dying to get out there and play. Yeah. Somebody, if if you have extra running backs, maybe maybe just trade Mike Davis to somebody who's desperate this week. To, yeah, exactly. With the hopes that Mike Davis gets one more week and it's against Atlanta, so maybe mm-hmm. you can sell somebody on that and be like, you know, wait out the next couple of days and see. Maybe McCaffrey doesn't play. You get an RB one against Atlanta, so mm-hmm. that's something that yeah, I would Atlanta, consider. It can be had, Yeah, if you had other guys and you're a McCaffrey owner who's been starting Mike Davis, I'd probably ship him out right now for a, for another mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, I mean now's now's your chance. He's not going to have any value really. Except for, the fear, except for the fear that McCaffrey gets hurt again. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, which I mean, the way is, 2020 is going, who yeah, knows? Which is the flip side of, of getting rid of him right when McCaffrey comes back. But, you know, winners win. Maybe you got to take advantage of it. But All right, so. Yeah, let's run, through, uh, let's run through our report card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see how we did this week. And don't mean to toot our own horn, but we had a pretty good yeah. week. So we, we did. We've been, we've been kind of hidden. You might hear Using it here. A lot of logic and uh, some common sense. <laughs> Usually that's, that's what it takes in fantasy. <laughs> right, let's see. So our picks from this past week are starts that we hit on. So Austin, Austin's, I'll just go through them right now. So Austin had Justin Herbert. DeAndre Swift, Deontay Johnson, and Darren Fells. So out of your starts, you're three for four. I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, I mean, Herbert, he, he seemed like uh, most people were starting him anyways, but, I mean, he really he balled out. And his ability on the ground and just how well he throws that deep ball, he just seems primed for, like, monster games coming, like, week in and week out now. And he had, like, over 35 points, I think. So 38 that was and a half. Wow. So that was a money, money start if you had him. Swift, I mean, he got that early rushing touchdown. He's involved. He got some good catches, but he's finished with 15. You'd like to see a little bit more out of him, but 
still definitely a worthy good start. And Deontay Johnson, he he balled out. I mean, he was making really nice run after the catch plays. He got two touchdowns, and he seems to be locked in as the Big Ben's favorite target, in my opinion. So that was great. And then, shit, Darren Fells, I mean, God, he, he fucked everything up for me. He, he laid a big, fat goose egg this week. And it was tough. I, I thought the Packers, uh, if there was a weak point of their defense, it is their, their linebackers and coverage. But it was really their wide receivers. And going forward, it seems to be like Houston will, will primarily use their receivers. So noted for me going forward. I'll take that one. Take it on the chops. <laughs> All right. And my starts this past week were Big Ben, Gio Bernard, Tyler Lockett, and Rob Gronkowski. Big Ben at 12.6 fantasy points, so I'm going to consider that as a, a loss yeah, saying to start him this week. And for a quarterback, I would at least like him to get – to really say it was a solid start, probably 20-plus, maybe you know, 17-plus, mm-hmm. 17, 17, like 18, 18 yeah. but the 12's not going to cut it there, so sorry for suggesting Big Ben. I believe in the process, though. His, his, mm-hmm. Some of his receivers hit. He just, he just threw some interceptions. Gio yeah. Bernard stepping in for Joe Mixon at 20 – Point six points so that was a good start this week Love somebody that. who you could have slotted in I think that that's going to be kind of the case moving forward if Joe Mixon keeps missing time because Gio got pretty much all the same work that Joe Mixon would have Tyler Lockett was my start at wide receiver this week big big boom 53 <laughs> points yeah 53 points 15 catches three touchdowns 200 yards that looks like the quarter of like somebody's season not just yeah, I know I was game. Just so, that too. <laughs> yeah Tyler Lockett went off and you know, I kind of explained that one earlier. I thought that, you know, Patrick Peterson would be more geared towards stopping DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson would just exploit the the Tyler Lockett uh, matchups really wherever. And so that's exactly what he did on, on definitely more targets than I was expecting. And then Rob Gronkowski, I expected him to kind of go go back, have another big game after Austin said to start him two weeks ago. So we're two for two on suggesting Gronk. Hopefully we can keep it going because the NFL yeah. is significantly more fun when Gronk's hitting. So 17 points for Gronk is definitely a, a go. And oh, yeah. so That's I went three win. for four also. So Austin and I both three for four on our starts. We'll go to the sits where we also did pretty, pretty good. So Austin's mm-hmm. sits this week were Cam Newton at quarterback, Josh Jacobs, DJ Chark, and Tyler Higby, who was inactive, so yeah, we'll give you that one. But you know, Cam Newton had <laughs> Cam Newton had negative point one. Josh yeah. Jacobs had six points, and DJ Chark had three point six. Yeah, so I mean, with Cam Newton, what I was thinking when I suggested to bench him, I figured the 49ers would get up and just kind of impose their will on the ground, which they did. It didn't matter who the running back was, and I I really haven't been a believer in Cam's ability to to push the ball through the air. And they, they really neutralized him on the ground. And he he was really bad throwing the ball to the point where they took him out. So that was my reasoning behind it. It, it paid off if you sat him. I mean, that would have been awful. It minus points from your starting quarterback. And going to Jacobs, we, we touched on it when I talked about Tampa Bay. Their run defense is, is just killer. And they're not going to let you beat him on the ground. And Jacobs, I mean, he's an amazing running back. But... I mean, going into that week, there were some COVID scares with the Raiders offensive line and Trent Brown. So I wasn't feeling good about the rushing game. And I mean, they, they couldn't really get much going there. DJ Chark, there's just, there's a disconnect between him and Gardner right now. And they're just, they're not hitting. They're not firing and, and connecting on their deep throws. And it was just tough, tough for them to, to get it going. And I mean, he'd be, he was obviously out, but it was, he was a late and active. So hopefully, uh, you took that advice and didn't have him in there and left having to start like Johnny Munt or anyone. So 
Good. Yeah, I felt good about those. Great sits. I mean, out of Cam Newton, Josh Jacobs, and DJ Chark, you had about nine points scored combined out of those yeah. three that you said to sit. So kudos to you on that. I didn't so hit good. as hard on my sits. I, I hit on a couple of them. I did say to sit Drew Brees, he had 23.7 fantasy points. So my bad on that one. I said he was saved by that rushing touchdown. Yeah, yeah, but he still would have had a, a pretty solid day. I did say to sit uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire with uh, mm-hmm. the Le'Veon Bell return and Clyde had 13.3. He really saved his day with a touchdown. Yeah. He didn't have a good day otherwise. So I really don't feel that bad about that one. I think I was kind of mm-hmm. right in the process to say to sit him this week without the touchdown. We would have only seen like six or seven points from him. Uh, but that one's kind of a half, half right, half wrong. And Robert Woods, 5.5 fantasy points. In a tough matchup against the Bears, one where kind of Austin already touched on it, the Rams didn't really need to do too much in this one. They kind of just did whatever they could to move the ball and hold on to the ball. And Woods did fumble in this one, so that lowered his total a little bit. But not not too much involved. Or pretty, pretty good sit in this one, too, from, mm. from Robert Woods. Oh, and then sure. moving on to uh, Dalton Schultz. The Dalton Schultz decision was pretty much just the Dallas offense. I just don't yeah. feel good about the Dallas offense right now, and I feel like Dalton Schultz has been somebody that over these past couple of weeks people have been you know putting in their lineups, feeling a little bit better about it. He didn't do well two weeks ago, and I kind of just banked on that he, was, he wasn't going to get too involved in this one either. And aside from Amari Cooper, the Cowboys weren't really able to, to do too much fantasy-wise in the passing game. So on those, we, we did pretty well, you know. Good, good week. We're gonna we'll get back to the process this next week. Grind yep. through it again. We're we're not we're not getting <laughs> cocky here. Before. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're not getting cocky here. We're hoping that we can just do this again and hoping mm-hmm. we can give good decisions. I I was telling Austin I used our starts this week in a in a charity fantasy tournament that I'm in where I can use a one player. I can use a player once each each time during the year. So once I use them, I can't use them again. I followed our starts this week and I also added in Devonte Adams. So. Doing that and then adding in a couple other guys that hit, I had a huge week in that. So we're trying, we're trying our best to give good predictions and hopefully we can keep it moving. Yes, sir. All right, and we'll wrap it up for yeah. the week seven recap on to week eight. Next time you hear us, we'll be we'll be talking about week eight stuff. No more week seven stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Thanks for All listening. All right.